Hey, Rage. How's it going, dude? All right. It's been a while. Yeah. This band's my favorite. Don't you love them? Yeah, it's going to be the best. I'm so stoked. Hey, girl. You want a beer? All right. Aw, man. This is the best. I'm so glad we're all back together and stuff. This is great. Hey, um, do you guys know about the party after the show? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to go, but um, my friends don't really want to go. Can I get a ride? Hello, and welcome to We Are Weezer, episode 24, El Scorcho. <laughs> uh, I'm Rachel, and I'm here with Juliet. Hi. Hello. And we're going to talk about El Scorcho today. Everyone's... Yeah favorite song i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well it is definitely a um uh notable song for me so personally iconic and memorable i think it's Mm -hmm. one of those songs everybody knows Knows. yes yeah for sure Um, i think it defined the pinkerton era i think the whole i think you're right i think that it does put a nice little package on the band at the time Mm -hmm. just everything about it I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, how are you? Uh, good. Uh, a little crazy hectic with all the little activities with my son. Um, but And we're moving <laughs> ourselves. But um, I don't know how you're going to do that. I don't know how I'm not stressed, but um, I'm totally like, this is going to work out. This is going to be fine. And, and this is all going to work. Like, so, but it I will. And, yeah, I'm surprised that I'm not as stressed. I think because we just moved last year, then that was more stressful than it is this year. So, but again, I was telling you that uh, we didn't even bring all of our stuff up. So all that knickknacky it's not as bad kind as of everything. Yeah, everything. I think what it was is the clutter was stressing me out. But we don't have clutter up here as much, so like it's gonna be easier, a uh, easier transition, just to move yeah. like well. Most I am in a cluttered ball over here, <laughs> so I know exactly what you're talking about, but yeah. I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah, right? I swear. <laughs> <laughs> it works just to pack it away until you have time to, like, you know, Go deal with it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I just I mean, don't... I, know, I think that if I pack it away, I'm never going to deal with it, so... You may, you may not, but it's priorities. Like, you know, do what you need to do first, and then slowly do the other stuff like you know because small steps two boxes a day or whatever yeah Yeah. whatever you can do you know and be like because it's like mental energy that you have to like suss through you know but yes if you like know that you're only going to do like a certain amount and be like all right i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna feel good about like you have your peace of mind you know yeah that's cool Yeah, and I really need that. Um, (laughs) I'm excited because I just took a shower in my own shower, and I'm clean, and I didn't have to drive anywhere to go do it. (laughs) Uh, It's the best thing in the world. Yeah, uh, not to mention it's uh, a brand new shower, and it's beautiful and wow, like super fan like. I've never, I don't know. I just, it's amazing. And you guys and, put uh, it together, right? Didn't yeah. you guys do it too? That now see when you, when that happens, you totally have a sense of accomplishment along with like admiring the beauty of like a job well done. Like there, there's, it's compounded. It's not just a beautiful 
like bathroom, but it's a beautiful piece of art that you guys did almost yeah. because, you know, you put the blood, sweat and tears in it. So, and, and picked you got out everything and, and took, right. you know, 500 years to get it this way and now it's done and <laughs> and you can totally awesome. enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. So there's like so. a little bit of relief wrapped up into enjoying like the beauty of like, it all. Yes. Like we took a picture. <laughs> I was like, I'm taking a shower. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I hope you That's edit out the- things, guys. That- <laughs> <laughs> Put little black strips where, you know, you're, <laughs> yeah. where you well, can't. Well, no, I told them. I was like, you got to go neck up, neck up, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's and I heard great. you're also excited because something else tonight that is uh, showing. Yeah. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame show on HBO, uh-huh. yeah. Scott is going to be playing with the cars. Oh my God, that's so cool. I remember reading on Instagram that he he like posted, I think it was Instagram, where he posted um, a text message between him and Rick Ocasek. And Rick was like complimenting the bass on, I think it was uh, Pacific Daydream. And like Scott was like, oh my God, you just like made my year. So it's like really like nice that Scott gets to play with, because he totally respects Rick, yes. you know? Yes. So that's so cool. I like, I mean, that's a great, that, I mean, I'm just super stoked. He's got to be so excited. Yeah. And, and nervous. And hopefully. I'm glad you He's told me too. about it. Yeah. I'm glad you told me about it because I actually wasn't aware with all my craziness happening. So, yeah. Well, they've, yeah. Been, they've been like kind of putting teasers up and uh, yeah. rehearsing. And I know nice. he's he's been excited about it ever since he found out. And they did some stuff last weekend for it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was last weekend, but it's actually <laughs> tonight. So oh, cool. on Wednesday when this comes out, everyone will uh, have seen, seen it. it. Mm-hmm. So it'll be. And if they haven't seen it, then now they'll know about it because you brought it up. So yeah, you can awesome. go back and check it out. I'm sure they'll put it up on the internet. On demand or something. Yeah, see. that too. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe they'll do like reruns. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course, HBO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be on for the next year. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can you'll subscribe. You'll for sure be able to see it. <laughs> um, exactly. So what else do we got going on with the Weezer news? Uh, the tour, right? And yes, uh, summer tour. Wow, the You're summer going tour. right to something. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going uh, to. I believe they're playing Shoreline uh, in Mountain View, and then uh, in August, and then I. They also have an LA show like the next night or something like that. So, <laughs> uh, are you going I to that one? The forum? Uh, yeah, you know my son doesn't have school until the following week so we bought tickets i'm sure if for some reason that we can't go i could just sell them but we're hoping to like make that happen our anniversary is in august so that would be like kind of a fun trip and maybe i can finagle my mom to come up uh because i don't think lausd starts at that point or whatever yet so then um so then we'll be able to uh, make it happen again. <laughs> make like the magic happen. Yeah, exactly. Spend the night, so. not have to leave with yeah. the kids. You know, my mom will be up here with the kids and we'll just stay at her place or something like that. Like, that'll be fun. So we'll Switcheroo. see. Right? Yeah. Uh, I have tickets for that one and the San Diego one. Cause, oh, nice. Um, Chula Vista, forum, right? Yeah. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the forum was like an addition a little bit mm-hmm. later or something. Yeah. So I bought the San Diego one because I'm like, well, I guess if that's I, the I closest. Have to go. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah. Then the forum happened. So now I'm kind of like, oh, do I want to go to two? Like, I don't really can afford to. Mm. And if I just go to that one, I don't have to get a hotel and stuff. Yeah. Um, but now after what? all of this house business, I kind of yeah. still want to go just to get the heck out and like have a like yeah. some kind of vacation maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'll that is it. great. Yeah. No, that sounds good. Yeah, you'll force us to get a hotel if we have to go to San Diego, you know. <laughs> I mean, we could drive home after, but I don't want to. Right. I mean, that's like a two-hour drive, so yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, depending. You know something. You know something that I I don't know about is this Black Album, by the way. <laughs> well, supposedly it's coming out in like twenty days. Uh, when this yeah. comes out, it'll be like fifteen days. Um, yeah. Do you I, think it's I, really going to come out five twenty five? I don't. I, I yeah, I don't think so. Well, I mean, you know, they could surprise us. They could, but it just. I don't know why. I don't know what the rush would be. What's the rush? Like, I don't why not know. just put it out next year? So that's like the only thing. Like, I, you know, hey, it's great if it's ready and, and they want to get it out because they go, oh. but why not do that after the tour is over in a few months, like in three months or something? You know what I mean? Or, or like, October then, again, at least like wait a year. Yeah. You know, or I mean, because like, yeah, because everything will be all right in the end came out at the end of the year and they toured that. That wasn't that summer, I guess. Maybe they, um, but I mean, yeah, Pacific Daydream, that was like last year and then they're touring this summer. And like, why not have a tour for next summer, which is the Black Album? Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's why you tour is to support the album. So I don't know. So I, that's why I think maybe it's not going to happen. But I don't know why they would like hype it for May. Uh, Maybe because they wanted to. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah. Maybe because that was the. Anything. And usually they give you a single or something by now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, it's like maybe they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it in May because like that was supposed to happen before like Pacific Daydream. Like Pacific Daydream kind of came out of the blue, right? It wasn't supposed to happen. a thing that happened because they had too many extra songs for the Black Album. Yeah, so. well, he put it in a different, yeah, folder and stuff like that. It just wasn't the out the the Black Album it was the other thing, and that just filled up faster. So, like you know, I feel like when it comes to art, don't feel obligated to do something because you said if you if you were struck with inspiration. Do you know what I mean? If you were struck with inspiration and you came up with a whole nother album not unintentionally like just go with that like see that through to the end and then bring up okay and this is what we were planning and it's totally different um, from what we just did but unless um, they want to play the uh black album in its entirety at the forum i'm totally down with that if you guys want to do that (laughs) right but music business wise you (laughs) You milk they it, wouldn't, right? You would, well, music business-wise, you wouldn't do that. You would just push it until the summer tour, the summer Pacific Daydream tour is over because then you have a whole nother tour at, right uh, after immediately that. Immediately after, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then like, you know, so you're, you got money coming in. I don't know. I mean, I don't know all that much about the music business, but I do know that, like, that's why you tour is to support the album and then... Um, and like, why not then have 
Because then what do you do next year if you do the Black Album and the Pacific Daydream tour this year? What do you do next year? Where you have the year off? Maybe, if that's maybe what they want to do. Maybe. So, yeah. a lot of possibilities. Carl, can, you, can you please tell us, Carl? Comments on this? <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, Rivers is doing another acoustic show yes and you get yes. to go you lucky girl i know i'm so happy i mean it would have been Two really cool rivers cuomo acoustic shows for you who I are know. you i know right well it just happened to be in uh you know easily accessible place um because now that i'm in the bay area like he actually played that show in chicago the day after my birthday so i'm like oh that's nice it was close but you know it's okay if you're a day late for my birthday that's fine um and then now the next show that you do is gonna be in my in my backyard so uh going to san francisco i wonder how he's choosing these places i know i don't know yeah has he ever played Uh, there before i wonder i'm sure he's probably played in in san francisco maybe at the warwick or something like at a bigger venue with Weezer. I know. Well, um, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Weezer has, but I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, that Colorado show, show, acoustic show, was the first show they'd ever done solo acoustic. And then and then he did the LA show. And then he did the Chicago show. And now he's doing the San Francisco show. So I think it's pretty cool. I'm like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, those hit are the, good the, places. Yeah. You and hit the it, West um, Coast. It's actually called The Bottom of the Hill, and yeah. it will be happening on Wednesday when this comes out. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to Weezer Wednesday. take some pictures for us and give us oh, some. Yeah. I have to clear uh, out my, uh, yeah, I have to back up my phone ahead of time so I can clear it out and, and take uh, plenty Something. of pictures. Yeah, exactly. You have to be <laughs> our street team reporter. Mm-hmm. You want to get into the song? Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's do it. All right, guys, we'll be right back, and we'll be talking about El Scorcho. Welcome back, everybody. Today's song is El Scorcho off the El album Scorcho. Pinkerton. El Scorcho. Yes. El Scorcho. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say this later, but in the beginning hmm. when he says uh, rock and roll, mm-hmm. I just found out today, um, mm-hmm. I guess I've never paid attention or thought that I needed to check out the lyrics because mm-hmm. I always thought he was saying, I cabron. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so that's what I always say. Mm. And uh, so to what see is that, that? if you translate it, I caron, like, what is that? Uh, you know? I think cabron is like a, like a dirty word that like, it's like Spanish for <laughs> expletive, expletive enter here. <laughs> okay. But just like it's um, slang. It's just like. Right. I think it's like, what the fuck, basically, but mm. not. Which would be fitting, too. Kind of like, what the fuck, why do I feel this way? Kind of thing, maybe. <laughs> yes. But. or But I just, like, people just, I, I think it's like a casual, like, uh, exclamation that you would use with friends. So, mm-hmm. I don't 
don't know. Yes. Yes. That's what I, I wish I knew more Spanish right now at this moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's yelling at me in Mexico and and I'm sorry because I know that we have listeners there. I'll have to like actually look it up and see what <laughs> see if I'm making any sense. Not to be offend- I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. Um I think you saying that is is plenty. So that okay, they, they'll know, oh, she doesn't mean to offend us. She's just, no, no, yeah. I am one of you. I am half yeah. of you. I am half Mexican. Oh, yeah? I would never. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't I know that. I would never do that. Yes, <laughs> <people>. exactly. <laughs> uh, and I, that's why it's like also kind of embarrassing because I should know this. Um, oh, that's, and, that's okay. I'm, you know, Japanese and I'm like, uh, I don't know. And, and that's not really good if you ask a, J- a Japanese American even, it's like, oh, shit. My grandma used to be like, oh, shame on you. You don't know Japanese. And I'm like, well, you know, your daughter, my mom, didn't send us to Japanese school. So, oh, wow. But any, the first chance I got, I went uh, in college. I took a Japanese class. So, Oh, there you go. Well, I took lots of Spanish, too. And uh, <laughs> I, it's up, I think I understand it better yes. than I can yes, speak yes. it. I just feel like an idiot most of the time when I try to speak it. Um <laughs> And also, like you, my mom, I think just that generation, they they didn't teach it to us necessarily. Mm-hmm. Some um, mm-hmm. Out of my friends, I would say like half of them got taught and the other half no. Because like, I think they were trying to get away from, they were trying to be more American. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. popular to teach to keep it going or whatever. I don't mm. know. When we get into the song discussion more, I'm going to bring up something that you just said which i find interesting but let's okay. go through the the details yes sorry so. we got sidetracked okay uh <laughs> track number seven it was released yes. on september 24th 1996 mm-hmm. we're old um <laughs> and it was recorded spring of 1996 at sound city studios in Van Nuys, california and we've mm-hmm. talked about sound city before um yeah Dave Grohl did a, a documentary on Sound City. Oh, I, yeah. I've talked about this with somebody else too. Hmm. And Weezer I'm, contributed to remember. that too. I need to watch just, that. Uh, yeah, that's a great. Yeah, and and only I think in the end credits, I think they show uh, Weezer and like I think it was Dave Grohl asking him which Kiss song is your favorite, and he's like, I I can't answer that. Like I can't. They're all great. Like or something <laughs> like that. But I actually didn't realize until. Now with the seeing that Pinkerton was recorded at Sound City Studios, like that is, and knowing the history of that place, like wow, that's like really cool. <laughs> it is definitely um, check it out, Google it. Mm-hmm. It is important and uh, infamous and um, significant. For been sure. there forever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a long song. It's four minutes and three seconds long. Mm-hmm. Um, Usually a Weezer song is three-something. Three <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the label is DGC, and mm-hmm. it's officially released. Debuted live on September 24th, 1996. And uh, on the Weezer singles chronology, it's in between Sadie and So and The Good Life. It's the first single uh, for Pinkerton to mm-hmm. come out as well. Mm-hmm. And why don't you tell us about the appearances? Ah, the appearances. Well, well, appears on Pinkerton, and then El Scorcho, the radio only promo CD, and then the El Scorcho UK retail seven inch uh, 
UK slash UK retail CD number one, and then El Sporcho <laughs> UK retail CD number two. It's unfortunately, and it's unfortunate that I don't have access to any of those three. I was trying to YouTube it, search it. I couldn't find those, but I did Why find the- Why does the UK get two CDs? Three, yeah, I know. I have no Shh. idea. But back then- like in the 90s, I remember the UK being like huge, like Blur was out or something. And oh like gosh. a lot of, a lot of UK stuff. So many stuff. different yeah. uh, imports, like you yeah. have to order from, from yeah. Tower and like go pick it up. And mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. influential. The UK was so still significant. Like it started with the Smiths and like Morrissey and like The Cure. And then this, like in the 90s, mid 90s, it was still, still significant with the, Blur and I think um, Oasis and you know all that. So all I think guys, that's yeah. why, yeah. But they totally did a nod to um, Japan for the Lion and the Witch, which was a live recorded live EP, um, and they released it on the six year anniversary of Pinkerton, which I thought and was really so, cool. I I am don't kill me. Hmm. Uh, is it Pinkerton live? And they just call it Lion and the Witch, or what? What songs are on there, or do you not know? Pinkerton <laughs> is not live; <laughs> it's not recorded live. That's all in the studio. Remember Sound City? No, Studios? the Lion and the Witch, though. What's the Lion and oh, the Witch? Oh, yes, the Lion and the Witch. That EP is all recorded live, and that but was during. The, what songs the, is it? Is it? The, it's not those, Pinkerton songs. It's not Pinkerton songs. Um, it was recorded during the Maladroit um, tour. I have to, so you know what. I don't huh. think I have that CD. I think that's the only one I don't have. It, it is a, a a short, like they, they only released like, you know, a certain amount. And mm. then they released a little bit more because there was like some sort of um, printing error or something like that. But uh, mm. there's only 25,000 individually numbered copies. So then there's several dozen more copies which were available because the numbering was disrupted by printing difficulties with the cardboard sleeve. So they didn't hmm. want to do, it was interesting because they, they wanted to do a unique packaging that wouldn't involve crystal c- cases. And Geffen was like, ah, it's too expensive. And, and, and like, I guess you're like, um, they wanted to do eight songs and Geffen was like, no, we could do six. And then it, uh, they did six and then they did a hidden track. Uh, which is entitled Polynesia that opens the disc. So, um, but yeah, and and it was intended for independent record stores, not big retailers like Walmart. Um, so I guess uh, Rivers dropped an F bomb uh, during Falling for You, um, but they had to like edit that out. Which they're like, why do you need to edit that out? Because it's only for independent record stores. So right. Whoever's going to buy that is going to be hardcore anyways. Yeah. And not care if he says the F word. Who's going to even know about it? Right. Yeah. And um, I guess because it's a requirement uh, for the big retailers to do that. Like they can't, you know, you have to have it or like, you know, not have any expletives in it, I guess. Um, hmm. But that made me think of like, why would they want to do that? And I think um, maybe it's a nod to trying to stay like indie kind of thing. Like Maladroit was definitely, yeah. you know, um, indie. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, it yeah. Was something. That, 
It, I feel like that was like, you know, the Green Album was kind of like out mainstream. And then Maladroit right after the Green Album was like a little bit back to Pinkerton, I felt like. Because it was like very like, like I don't know. Like, different. Yeah. It's it, really different. You have to, um, for me, it's kind of like, it's like Pacific Day- Daydream for some people now. Like mm-hmm. it's so different that you have to get used to it. Mm-hmm. And either you like it after you get used to it or you still don't. Mm-hmm. That's well, how I, I feel f- about Maladroit. Like, well, actually, interestingly enough, I feel like um, Pacific Daydream is like the Green Album. It's very, it's very um, mainstream, very kind of like light and um, not not that the Green Album was light, but it was um, like a lot of like love songs. I really liked the Green Album. Um, that was one of my favorite albums too. So that's hard. And then, um, and then I felt Maladroit. I was like, ah, it's hard for me to find. Like, it's, it's hard for me to think. I mean, I'm sure if I look over the, the, um, the track list of Maladroit, um, it's I'll, not uh, bad. It's definitely not. Yeah, bad. I have to. It's been a while since. Uh, Keep fishing. I guess is fun. Yeah, I think Check it out, guys. Listen to Maladroit that, once in a yeah, while. Yeah, <laughs> I have to like go back and take a listen to that one because um, I'm looking rap. at the track list and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't remember a lot of those songs. I do remember Keep Fishing and the Muppets in that video. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, the I line that to my son. Uh, yeah, ah, it's so sweet. <laughs> but the line in which had Polynesia that hidden track and it opened with that, and then they had Dope Nose, which was. Like uh, the first track, and okay. then Island in the Sun, Falling for You, Death and Destruction, El Scorcho, and Holiday, and Ooh, I those are a good all album. Yeah, and and like it was, it was recorded in Japan, and it was I think, and it, obviously like you could see the um, artwork for it. It's definitely mm-hmm. like Japanese. It's like set in Looks like a market Japan. Yeah, and uh-huh. it has like these little um, Dharma dolls, which are cats instead of a daruma which that's a like a a good luck thing the good luck um, cat yeah with the little paws so, sticking up yeah you know and so it's definitely i think the lion and the witch i know that's from that book the lion the witch and the wardrobe kind of thing uh-huh so maybe that's kind that's of like I thought a it was nod. like new songs I, am, I, <laughs> I need to get my act together over here these are <laughs> And the, but yeah, I had to be back into the Weezer vortex kind of thing. <laughs> um, but I think the line of the witch in the wardrobe, from what I remember from the movie, I didn't actually read the book, but you got dropped into another world. And I feel like that was why they did that album. I mean, you know, mm. Rivers has said over and over, it's so different uh, in Japan where they're very respectful. They don't do any cat calls or like, ah, like they just listen and then they clap. And I'm like, wow, like that is not even the same. I don't even know how you would do that. I know. I, you do that um, in a classical performance here. Like you do that when you go to the symphony. You well, don't do that listen, in a concert. I, I listen know? at the concert, but like if I got it, like when I get excited. Yeah. Like, you sing along. Like, like there's a lot of sing alongs, right? Or you go, woo, yeah. when you like a certain part or he did a great solo or something. And you're like, oh yeah, that's so good. You know, whatever. I got to let it out. Yeah. yeah, we're so expressive, I guess, in the U.S. <laughs> about what we like and what we don't like. I mean, I think artists definitely know, oh, yeah, they like that. Or, oh, no, they didn't get that one, you know? But in Japan, um, I've heard, I haven't, I've yet to go to a concert in Japan. I'd love to experience that. Um, but maybe yeah, there's just too. so. I'd be like, oh, wow, this is actually nice, probably. Yeah. You can, it, like, 
only hear the music and yeah. how it was meant to be. Yeah. And so maybe I feel like that's why it's the Lion and the Witch, because you're just dropped into a different world in Japan when you play there versus when you play in America and the US, you know? I feel like we need to have a little mini-sode on the Lion and the Witch, because there's <laughs> probably a lot of stuff behind that. We may, yeah. Well, I don't know how much like you know information. This is all, I'm just gleaming it like from like what you know i know from the culture and what i know from the band and what has been said um there might be something out there that totally contradicts it but that's just my kind of analysis (laughs) yeah i'm with you you know so but yeah and so that's like the line in the witch and and people have to like check that out if they don't um already know and i I, yeah (laughs) and i feel like (laughs) <laughs> and I feel like Pinkerton was definitely like the Blue Album. Who would have known that Rivers would have like this obsession with like Japan? And so in Pinkerton, you find that out with like yeah. the album cover, with like everything. And so I feel like the Lion and the Witch. It's nice that they they included that on there. Falling for You is definitely a Japanese, you know, song and all that kind of stuff. Um, um, and it was put the live album was put out on Pinkerton's six year anniversary too. Which oddly mm-hmm. enough is my parents' anniversary, September twenty fourth. Isn't that crazy? Aww. <laughs> yeah. But um and and then uh this song also appeared on Not Alone, Rivers Cuomo and Friends Live at Fingerprints. Uh yes. and uh and I did not go to this, uh, but I did go to the fingerprints in uh, for the uh, Everything Will Be All Right in the End, which is awesome. Um, but just a little bit later (laughs) yeah this one the not alone one came out in uh 2008 when they did the hootenanny and i really wish i was on that red album tour where they did the hootenanny i mean although i feel like that's kind of like what they did with everything will be all right in the end where they brought fans up on the stage um Mm -hmm. and uh but the hootenanny if people don't know about it is people brought their own instruments and they played a weezer song with the instruments and they sung too. And didn't they do multiple songs too? Like Yeah, they, they did multiple did like songs. Yeah. Um that's funny. This ties together with um the band. So the reason we did tonight's episode mm-hmm. um on El Scorcho is mm-hmm. because later in the show there's going to be um a interview with mm-hmm. me and Braxton, the lead singer of El Scorcho, mm-hmm. a Weezer cover band. <laughs> and um, one of the stories that he told me that we'll, um, we're going to do like a follow-up interview later, mm-hmm. but uh, he went to a Hootenanny. Oh, um, nice. And it wasn't at Fingerprints, but it was in like East Coast somewhere. Yeah. East or middle. They, when they toured the Red Album, that's how they, they put the hoot and nanny together like where they wherever they went kind of thing is what it seems like i've only he seen got YouTube to video. play he got to play yeah. like a solo with wow um rivers an interesting instrument that i can't it's like the long oh. thing what is that trombone oboe oh nope. yeah it's like yes it, it's i think it's an oboe <laughs> i don't know now o- i gotta an oboe gotta, is a woodwind is a woodwind instrument it's black did he i'm tripping because i gotta i gotta Look at the video. I'll have an answer for you in a few. Mm. But um, so that's a fun story. That is. Uh, that is such a great uh, uh, teaser for what's coming yeah. up later. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> a great experience. You got to mm-hmm. like solo with Weezer. I don't yeah. know. 
That is so fun. Yeah. Uh, so um, I guess we'll go back to the personnel. Uh, so it was written by Rivers, produced by Weezer. Rivers is on lead vocals and lead guitar. Brian is on the rhythm guitar and backing vocals. Matt Sharp, uh, bass guitar, backing vocals. And Pat Wilson on percussion. So good old Pat. Yeah. Good old Matt. Get back in the shack with Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Pat's always happy. I don't know. I, I I read that too, and some people take that as sarcastic, but that makes that's huh. what makes him funny. I don't know. I enjoy. I think him sometimes it is sarcastic, present. and sometimes he's happy being sarcastic, yeah, and also genuinely happy. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, he what brings else he do? a light touch to the band for sure, which is needed sometimes. <laughs> yes, especially agreed. in those early days. I'm sure. <laughs> But, yeah, you kind of just have to roll with it. Yes. All right, let us go to the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I said this before, but El Scorcho was the first single from Pinkerton. Mm-hmm. And in 2006, when Rivers was going to Harvard, he mm-hmm. was interviewed by a newspaper in college in at Harvard, The Crimson. And he said that Chocho San and watching grunge leg drop New Jack were taken from someone's essay. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he took a a writing class and mm-hmm. liked those uh, terms and decided to just use them in his um, in his you song. Know, you know, and what he so- still does that. <laughs> well, you know what's so interesting interesting to me is hmm. Chocho San, the way it's spelled C I O C I O, is actually an Italian way of writing cho. In Japanese, it's C H O C H O. It would be C H O. Chocho would be C H O. So isn't that oh. I find that interesting that it's a weird mix of Italian and Japanese. I wonder if that, that, that can't be intentional. That's got to be like a, just the oops. It, he got it from somebody who was writing that. It wasn't his. So, yeah, I don't. maybe they were guessing or I don't know where they got Chocho San. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it's obviously he's talking about the, the Japanese version. So you would oh, think he well, would use the correct. Also, if the, if the opera, the Madame Butterfly, was written originally in Italian. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> There you go. Then, then that would, would make be. sense. Yeah. Chocho. Yeah. CIO. I bet you it Cho-Cho. is. I have it somewhere. <laughs> have I've taken book. a little Italian. I, I, uh, I, I, it's so funny. I love the Italian language too. It's so like, it, for, for some reason, like I really, I like the Italian, like I get that one. I could speak it a lot more easier and like get it more easier than Japanese. I don't know why. So. I, I went um, Italy. It's probably was, easier. Yeah. And Italy was the first country, foreign destination that I ever went to. And I was like, oh, dove il banco? Dove il stazione? <laughs> I don't know if that was. I took I German. just like it because it's similar to uh, Spanish. Yes. And also, um, Camisa, also similar Camicha. to French. So French, mm. Spanish, and Italian are very like similar. Yes. Germanic Not 100%, languages. 100%, but like they're they're close-ish so yes (laughs) i feel like if you caught on to one of those you can catch on to the other ones whereas i just would not be good with any any where i have to learn like a whole different like using uh symbols or gestures instead of 
mm. like alf- like our alphabet. I can't. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's why Japanese is like so hard to like. It would be so hard for me. I can't even, I can't to even. To be like literate mm-hmm. and like, you know, like it's like, wow. And there's like three different ways to talk to people. There's like a polite form and impolite form. It's like so complicated. And I'm like, oh. but yeah. like what gets me though is all these like, I'm digressing. <laughs> I'm going way off track, but um, up here, there's like a lot of international people. And I'm amazed at how many people internationally they know they're so fluent in english and they're fluent in their mother tongue and i'm like god like the u.s is like i feel like it's so behind and like you know yeah we just don't care we're like maybe that's (laughs) annoying in that way (laughs) yeah but um, as long as you speak english everything's great right yeah (laughs) but um yeah respect to those other international uh countries out there yeah, I think yeah, I think that they maybe they just have a little bit more respect for everything too in general. Maybe. Yeah. Than we do. <laughs> um, but going back to Harvard, um yes. Yes. <laughs> so well, so um watching Grunge Leg Drop New Jack, I guess is a wrestling reference. <laughs> um and <laughs> The title of the song was taken from the uh, Del Taco Sauce, (laughs) Del Scorcho, (laughs) which I love. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone thought that was a funny thing to call a sauce anyways when that Mm. came out. Yeah. And to name a song after it. Like, I just. Do you know that down the the closest. Okay. So Rivers lived on uh, a particular street in Santa Monica. It just for some reason, mm-hmm. looking at that reference, and uh, Del Taco or uh, Taco Bell is the closest um, fast food restaurant to that house. Oh. Isn't that funny? As I think about because I know that my that's where my mom uh, was raised, and um, that's where like you know I went to college to, at UCLA. So, what, like literally, I didn't know it at the time, but like Rivers lived like a few blocks I away. I wonder if they were like living off of it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, so that's so funny. Maybe that's one of his favorite sauce packets. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I totally like had one on my bulletin board when I was when this came out because I'm like, oh, I've got to, wow. I've got to have my El Scorcho on the on the bulletin board. Let me save, <laughs> let me save this hot sauce packet. It's such a teenager <laughs> they still thing have to it. do. <laughs> right. I just, so I, I, I think I saved one because I'm like, just in case, like they stop making it or. I've got to have this and yeah, yeah, it's gone now. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't still have it with me. It's like a moldy on the inside and hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so. this is my Del Scorcho packet from 1996, kids. <laughs> it's, um, there's only a little mold growing on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, happy Weezer Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an old sauce packet. <laughs> uh, so funny. And um, then the Brian yeah. Bell, um, he's the one that actually says El Scorcho mm. and uh, rock and roll mm-hmm. or I Cabron, whatever you want to say <laughs> in the beginning of the song. And I didn't know. I always assumed that was Matt. Did you mm, know it was Brian? No, no, you're right. I, I, w- I assumed it was Matt. So. <laughs> so it just seemed like a Matt thing to do and to find out today um, mm-hmm. <laughs> randomly. Uh, yeah that it's Brian is weird. So yeah. Brian Blazer. 
I'm going to think about it. He, Yeah, he was blazing even back then. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's going to weird me out every time I hear it now because I'm be like, oh, it's not, it's not Matt. It's not what I thought he was saying. Um, let's see here. What else? I like Brian's contributions to the song. Um, yeah. Surprising. And I'm like, wow. Give more cred to uh, Brian. Well, yeah. His first lead vocal on the Weezer record actually is on mm-hmm. um, the part where they say, how stupid is it? Won't you give me a minute? Just come up to me and say hello to my heart. That is like one of my favorite lines too. I know that like it was like, you know, it was written by Rivers, but how stupid is it? Won't you give me a minute? Just come up and come up to be and say hello to my heart. Like that is like so sweet. I'm like, oh, it's like something my little, my son would say. And I'm like, every time he sees a heart. I planted it. We planted this in his brain. We were walking uh, my son to Japanese school, me and my husband. We saw a heart on the ground, on the sidewalk. It was in chalk. And um, I said, he didn't want to go to Japanese school because like, we didn't speak Japanese at home. And, it, and I was like, oh, no, it'd be really good for you to learn Japanese. And then I go, oh, look. So he was in a bad mood because he was going to Japanese school. And I go, oh, look, a heart on the on the sidewalk. You know, every time you see a heart you'll know that mommy and daddy love you. And even now, Aww. like two, he's three like, Look years later. Heart, mommy. Yeah, he's like, a heart mommy. Oh, that means mommy and daddy love me. And I'm like, yeah. So Aww. that's, so to say hello to my heart. I'm like, oh, so sweet. That's what I think of when I see that lyric now, you know, so. So sweet, the little tender love. <laughs> this, this song, even though it starts off differently is, mm-hmm. And also the music is different than with the lyrics. Like yeah. if you just read the lyrics and think about the lyrics, they're so lovely and endearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you add in the music and it's mm-hmm. just, it's the not. Whole, it, I, it's such an interesting song. I really, mm-hmm. we haven't, we haven't talked about the lyrics yet and we'll get to that, but. Um, no, we can, we can do it. Oh, okay. There's like two more things, but we can come back to that. Oh, okay. Um, like it, first off, like it's it starts off with darn 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 like what a and funky. gargling noises in your mouth. Yeah, it's like like it's so like you know it's gonna be like an interesting like you're like what is happening? It in starts this song? off silly, like you're like what is happening? Yeah, right now, and then yeah, and then he's like, and then the first line, the first line only validated my existence, <laughs> right? God damn you half Japanese girls. And I'm like, oh my God. And I was talking to you about this. Like being Japanese American growing up in in Orange County, in white Orange Orange County, was so like difficult because like well once well when when I you know, Japanese are very proud people. I'm sure that's like of, of any homogenous country right is probably very like i know the mexicans are very proud i know the spanish are very proud and you know like so i i know that that's not unique but what is unique to the japanese uh culture is shame so it's like for me when i found out that that the japanese were the uh, enemy of the americans in world war ii i was like 
automatically I was like a conflict. Like, uh, how am I supposed to feel? Like I, I was just proud like two seconds ago when I was totally unaware of like this conflict that happened. And now that I know about World War Two, I'm like, how am I supposed to feel? Like, it was just so weird. Like, like, like are you supposed to feel bad? Or are you supposed to feel yeah, mad? Am I, am I supposed to be apologetic? Am I supposed to be like, oh, well, you guys did really bad. Like you put us in camps for, like, am I supposed to feel like this is unfair? Like, misunderstood like it was really like it was just a weird kind of like well i carry this around like what is this yeah. you know what a weird thing to feel <laughs> happen and then yeah. just it it was a weird thing that yeah. even it happened and that yeah what happened here in the states to the camps it's yeah because so like the japan and japan the japanese were the only people that were interned in the and US. we don't even talk about it really you know what i mean like right well i think people want to forget about it like they like you know they my grandma got a repar- reparations uh you know back in the ronald reagan era i think and so it was kind of like oh we're sorry here, here's some money for your, you know, like for all the land that we took or whatever. But I don't, I like, and like that's the thing is like I can't even take sides. Like I'm very proud to be like an American, and I'm very proud to be Japanese. So in this one song, it was almost like a liberation of like letting go of that conflict. Like I no longer had mm-hmm. the conflict because I'm like, oh, like I can be Japanese, and like like this really cool rock star is gonna like like validates my existence of like, no, you, you, you have every right to be here too. Like you don't have to feel odd about being like <laughs> Japanese, you know? And I'm like, oh my God. So like very specifically too, it's not Chinese, it's not Korean. It's like, you know, Japanese. And so it was like, all of a sudden I, I felt like a burden was lifted. I'm like, ah, oh. and like how great, like the beginning of the emo era, like about emotions and whatever and like feeling those emotions but in a weird way it's like liberated me from a conflict that I was feeling about myself like you know and you know it's also teenage stuff and like oh you know and I'm sure you like read into it more too because it was like something you were going through at the time it's like the time in your life yeah like college and like you know like all that like you just feel like the odd man out anyways no matter who you are and then yeah to be to have rivers that hit me say something yeah uh, and and so brutally honest yeah and like and and just be like and this is it like you know i'm not and like you know the whole record he's not like ashamed that he's he's just going through what all the emotions that he's going through the angst that he's going through in during that time too and um it was almost like embarrassing how honest it was and i think that's why like mainstream wise it bombed because it was just too honest for people to be like "Ooh, those are all your insecurities like and that's we felt that way too and we don't want to admit it like you know what i mean and well i think that's why the other half of the world really loved it because they related to it and enjoyed it for its honesty and appreciated that well, I think we also like the 80s were very much about power, power suits, sushi. And like we had that crash, you know, um, on Wall Street and everything. And that was like all that power and money and prestige and status, like all crashed. And in the 90s came up the individualism, like Pearl Jam and like, uh, like uh, all Hippies. that Seattle stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, grunge is like the anti everything. And so, and in a weird way, like, you know, Weezer was alternative and then, like they took a turn with Pinkerton into like emo, which no one knew what emo was back then. Like now rock, we know grunge emo. 
Yeah. And so it was, but grunge had a cool air to it. So there was no emotional. It was just like, oh, life is hard. And this is what grunge is. And you guys suck and I suck and everything sucks. Yeah, you know. But then like with, with Pinkerton, it's like incredibly vulnerable and don't care about it. Like, you know, I don't, like he's not even aware of how vulnerable he's being and how like, like he's like exposing like how he, his heart and how he feels. And like, that's like, whoa, like, you know, like coming off of the coolness of Seattle, like Seattle would be like, oh no, I went through a hard time and life was hard. But like in Pinkerton, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how I'm feeling. But like, what am I going to do? Like all the insecurities and all his emotions, like we're real, like first person as opposed to third person, you know? So it was very Mm -hmm. emotional and like, you know, very much like, like insecure and like, in uh, Seattle, it wasn't about insecurities. Like, life is tough, and, like, this is what we have to go through. But, hey, I'm cool. I We can get through this. And, or, like, isn't well, life is tough for you, is hard for you, too. Like, you know, everyone gets me, and I'm, but I'm too cool for school. You don't actually get inside and be like, oh, do you go through insecurities, too? Oh, okay. Like, there's no vulnerability with that Seattle grunt. Right. You know what I mean? And so, some, like, I'm like, oh. some artists and some songs are singing other people's stuff, and it doesn't really have meaning. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you, could you tell don't for him, like, this is like from him, you yeah. know, because you don't get to know any of like the insecurities, like, like Kurt Cobain, like you didn't find out till later that that uh, he was teens, struggling. He was struggling, and like the Teen Spirit song, like how he felt embarrassed after the fact that oh, that's actually a deodorant, like a, <laughs> a what girls do. He just thought it was like cool, you know what I mean? Like all that embarrassment, all that that first person emotional stuff he you find that out in the documentary that was made 20 years later like you know what i mean mm-hmm. and all the stuff that he did that it, that made him not such a great person you find out in that documentary you don't find that out in his music where like i feel like in uh with rivers and pinkerton it's almost like you're finding out in real time like it's almost like the internet in a way because it's like i'm going through something and you're going through this with me because this is how i write my music and stuff this is what Pinkerton is. This is how I feel. And you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. totally unaware of maybe you should, it's like, I think that's the cringeworthy that some people will find in his music. Cause like, oh, like maybe I felt you shouldn't that. tell everyone exactly what you exactly feel all like. The time. Can, can you just not? Because I feel that insecurity that you feel. But that's why his music obviously is still, you know, I mean, that's why people Happening. identify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so. Well, I, I mean, think, like, go ahead. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the uh, song is I'm a lot like you. So please, hello, I'm here, I'm waiting. Oh, yeah. It makes sweet. you, A, you have to sing along to it. <laughs> when you're in the crowd and everyone is singing that together, yeah, it's like we're all people, people are people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what that's from, but that's from something. That's from and Barbara Streisand. <laughs> people are people. But anyway, it's, I think well, and then there's an the '80s song, and then there's um, there's people are I've, people. So why should the Depeche <laughs> Mode song? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, there's um, a universality to that. Yeah, but it's like I'm. It's basically saying like I'm a person too, and mm-hmm. so I'm here. You know, say hi to me. I'm waiting. Or that I think that anxiety like the, that we all go through when we like someone. Yeah. 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 And it is like, I, oh my God. You get that. Like everyone gets mm-hmm. that when you hear this song. And, yeah. And, 
and, and I think so people who playful in the middle of it all too. Yeah, I, I like that. I think those um, opposites that juxtaposition, which makes it a really interesting song. And I think that's why you know, years later it becomes platinum is because it is kind of a piece of art that you can go back to and mine and go, oh, that's so interesting. Like why? And like go back and analyze and think about it and be like, oh, and like find a lot more in it, whether it's like intentional or unintentional. Well, and I'm glad that you're not offended by it because I think um, I think a lot of people are offended by it. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. And um, and I was thinking like, well, as far as I'm concerned, I think um, he it could have been anybody. I think everybody mm-hmm. has a type. Mm-hmm. I mean, my type is Brad Pitt. So I <laughs> mine would say, God damn you, Brad Pitt. You do it yeah. to me every time. Yeah, so me, I'm an Anglophile. I'm an Anglophile. So any white guy that is like cute, I'm like, oh, God dang. Why? So yeah. <laughs> to me, that's what he's doing. It's not offensive to me because it's like whatever. He likes Asian girls. Like it's all good. Well, um, and it brings up to what I said. Oh, you just said something that made me think about another thing, which is you were saying that you're half Mexican, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think this song translates because it's it's actually talking to the melting pot of people too it's so kind of ahead of its time where you know my kids are half japanese half white and like they're and in the bay area there's a lot of mix and even in la there's a lot of half asian half white Mm -hmm. like couples that are happening a lot of like my uh nieces are half japanese quarter white quarter mexican like talk about and they say by 2042 or something like that, everyone is going to be a mix in the U.S. You know, it's not going to be just the, like the white, uh, the Caucasians are going to be um, a minority at that point or something like that. I don't know. They aren't going to be the majority anymore, which I, I mean, I feel like this song kind of, uh, that's why it speaks to more people as it grows older, because there's that that half, there's an appreciation of that half or at least there, an acceptance I mean? and yeah maybe it's i just think, i don't know definitely not like in a, I, I don't think he meant well, it in a bad way no no there's like and also everyone it's a kind of a thing uh they're like everyone kind of knows like half asian half white like babies are so beautiful or whatever and i would have to say i would venture to say any half of anything is like like you know like like black babies or african americans with blue eyes like they're so beautiful you know and obviously there's a mix there and like any sort of like mix i feel like you're getting the best of both worlds you know so and that's just that's just biology well, and like natural like selection too you beauty know? doesn't de- need to be um a certain like one visual certain thing it could be yeah. anything yeah and Mm-hmm. There you go. No, I, I agree, you know? <laughs> but that's why, like, that's why I love, uh, you know, Weezer songs. There's, like, so much that you can, like, mine and, like, get into. It is kind of like taking a college class and something, and Shakespeare, and maybe that's why he really likes Shakespeare so much is because there's so much... That. And yeah, you could drill down into one word and like how that applies to the culture of what was happening at that time or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, I took that in high school, actually. Took a, mm. a Shakespeare uh, writing class. We analyzed Shakespeare. Right. It was 
actually interesting. Yeah. Well, with a name like Juliet, you, you I'm, <laughs> I am like, like Shakespeare follows me around every day. Uh, and like tragically, you know, so I opt for the comedies of it all, but <laughs> I, I actually, I actively pursue the comedy, but um, yeah, but in, in English class in, you know, uh, senior year, like that's all we had to go we had explore that maybe even in junior year too we were exploring and like memorizing excerpts and and going into like what it meant and how how that was significant at the time blah 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 kind of stuff and and you know and shakespeare is written uh in verse so i could see how as a songwriter he would you know pick up on the iambic pentameter and stuff like that so um and really kind of like jive with the rhythm of shakespeare too so like a lot I wish of things. I could have gone to that the nerd night. Uh, oh yeah, thing that you guys went to. That would have been so fun. I would have. That was that. actually in 2014, before everything will come out in the end. That was what got me back into Weezer. Was uh, was a nerd night that Rivers had. I randomly saw on Instagram or something, and I was like telling him we should go to this. And um, he's like, "Well, Rivers isn't going to be there." And I go, well, "We don't know." And like we show up, and I go, "Ha ha!" I told you. He's like, "What? He's here?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he was at the head of the line. All the little like Weezerites were right there, like <laughs> like clamoring and stuff. And so I was like, "Oh my god!" And so we like were hooked ever since, kind of thing. So. And I wanted to go to that second Weezer cruise. Had my daughter, my uh, daughter, <laughs> had my son been uh, two months older, we would have gone on that second Weezer cruise. But he was six months old, and they they had to be eight months. And I was like, ah, but it was fine. Well, and that probably would have been hard, anyways, with a little baby like that. I would have made it work, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like super mom. I mean, you I know, been like oh, a cruise with a baby. No, thank you. <laughs> How Grandma. stupid is it? I can't talk about it. I gotta sing about it and make a record, make a record of up. my heart. Yeah, no, I. I <laughs> that's like another good, another good one. That and I. You like. um, mm-hmm. There's another part where they're like, they like, they're screaming. They're like, whoa! It's such like a party song too, mm-hmm. where it's like fun and fast paced, but the words are totally different, which is like. How all Weezer songs go, I feel like I say this over and over again about their songs, where um, you're feeling a vibe with the music, but then the lyrics are just so good, too. And the lyrics are a different way than what what's happening when you're actually, like, hearing the song in a concert or watching Mm -hmm. the video or whatever. Yeah. Or what the song is about is, like, sad. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. It's about like his heart and falling in love and yeah. being shy and yeah. uh, nervous and yeah, um, exactly. Good old rivers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why we love him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before I go check out Amy and go over the video, mm-hmm. why don't you? Why don't we um, rate this bad boy? Yeah. Um, so oh, I wait, give it off. Was there anything yeah. else before we move on? Um, no. <laughs> I Sorry, feel I like the, like... I feel like the Weezer confession was just like the personal connection anyways of like the song kind of thing. So I feel like. Well, and mine is for sure the not even knowing who like did everything in the beginning <laughs> <laughs> or what it was saying. So yeah. So yeah, let's, let's rate this bad baby. This bad boy. All awesome. right. Give it to me. 
So I kind of give it the whole shebang, almost everything. Uh, Laser Eyes Rivers, Lightning Strap, uh, Weezer Prom Picture, Scott in a, in a <laughs> vest, Pat Jammin' on the drums, Blue Album, Rivers Head, and uh, Blazer Brian, of course, uh, to a total of 15. Oh, very That's nice. That's a lot. I've never given so much, yeah. <laughs> All right. This is our new single. Hey, Amy. Hey, Rachel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Are you ready to talk about some El Scorcho music videos? I am so ready to talk about El Scorcho. Of them? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Uh, Well, let's jump in. So did you just watch it? I did. I forget how fun this music video is. Like, it's so... It's so fun and so it's it's nice to see um, some of their personalities come out like a lot of personality without like out. the without the gimmicks of like the Buddy Holly video or something like that you know yeah now this is the one where they're like running around a room yeah kind and, of is like a circle going around yeah. them right mm-hmm mm-hmm and I I remember lots of flashy lights. Lots of flashy lights, the Christmas lights. Yeah, well, with the breakdown, because as soon as they go, how stupid is it? I got a da 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 and da da I don't know the words. He's got to sing about it and make a record. Oh, yeah, that that's right. He basically talks about writing Pinkerton, right? Yeah, I think so. How did you say that? I think on the video time capture capsule device Mm -hmm. that Carl put out, you can watch this video and there's a little, um, like the behind the scenes. Oh yeah. Of, uh, making it. Oh wow. Then they kind of cut between the making of that video and, um, them playing it live at tower. Oh wow. So it's that I thought that was a cool part of it. Yeah, I'll have to go watch that again. Yeah, I haven't put it on in a while. Me, Rick, and I watched uh, some of it together. That was cool. Yeah, but I need to put I it back in and watch it. He should make another one, don't you think? I think so. Like it's time because this kit, the original one came out in like two thousand, two thousand, and you can tell. Like you can yeah. tell it's a little bit. The menu is just very old yeah. school. So I think if today, he, like, he could do, like, an awesome, you could do so much more just technology-wise. Oh, yeah. It would be fun. Carl? Carl? On top of that. <laughs> do it, please, if you're listening. Yeah. Please, Carl. Please. <laughs> Pretty please. Um, well, so I guess Rivers felt really strongly about keeping it gimmick-free because he didn't want people to only like them for their their fun music videos. Yeah. He wanted people to like them for their music. And um, so that's why that one is so kind of simple and just them. Yeah. Which uh, I like. I like. I really like. I like the Buddy Holly video, but it's not my favorite. Because I really liked Say It Ain't So. Because I felt like that was really raw. And I really like this one because like. They're still kind of being serious and silly at the same time, um, but it's them and not like some gimmick. 
which I appreciate way more. Yeah. Well, I like. I think both is fun. I think they mm-hmm. both suit each other for the song. Um, like I wouldn't want them to do a, a bit a uh, a bit for every song that they do. Yeah. But since then, they've done that too. Like, um, what's the one that we just did where they were in where it was like the pinup girl and that one yes if you want if you're wondering if yeah if you're wondering if i want you to i want you to that one yeah uh, was gimmicky yeah and oh yeah so i think it just depends but yeah <laughs> uh so yeah um and i guess the director and rivers got into a little disagreement apparently i i had no idea me either um, I, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Tell us about I, uh, Mark. Yeah, so uh, Mark Romanek, is that how you mm-hmm. say his name? Yeah. he uh, He's an American filmmaker whose directing work includes feature films, television, music videos, and commercials. This guy's like the real deal, apparently. He is very fancy. He's very fancy. And he wrote and directed the creepy Robin Williams movie, One Hour Photo. Oh and God, direct- did you see that? I did. It was so creepy and it freaked me. I couldn't watch a Robin Williams movie. Like, I remember after that, I watched Mrs. Doubtfire again and I was totally creeped out. It's, um, I think that speaks to him as an actor because yeah. he was really creepy in that movie. If you haven't seen it, I don't think it was really popular, uh, no. oddly enough, but the people that did see it, like it, like he was super creepy. Yeah, he did a really good job that way. No, but he did a very good job. Um, so Mark Romanok, Romanik, um, directed that as well as the 2010 film Never Let Me Go, which I have not seen. Have you seen Never it? Never heard of it. Nope. 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 So I guess we let it go. Sorry, Mark. Yep. <laughs> He's, He's like also. Crying. Yeah, I doubt it because he's also directed like amazing music videos like Hurt by Johnny Cash, Closer by Nine Inch Nails, Can't Stop by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Bedtime Story by Madonna, Scream by Michael and Janet Jackson, and Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. This guy's like the real freaking deal. So Um, it kind of makes you feel like, oh my gosh, Weezer was kind of like lucky to be with this guy so early on in their career. Yeah. And I mean, um that's amazing those all of those artists. And then like for Rivers to kind of get into a, a disagreement with this guy who's directed all of these, I'm just like, oh my. <laughs> yeah. You got some balls, Rivers. <laughs> yeah. Well and I think I'm pretty sure all of these people came after that. I'm not sure about Scream, but I think everything else is probably after Elsa. What about show? the Madonna song? Bedtime story. I have no idea. Is that the one? I don't know. I feel like this is the like the one where she lost me, where she like goes all oh, sexy. Um, maybe. I, I don't know. know. But me either. Yeah. But like, I know Shake It Off was popular and like Hurt by Johnny Cash. Oh, he directed Johnny Cat, Johnny freaking Cash. Like that's amazing. Dude, and that mu- that video is like intense. Yeah. And um, I love that song, but I yeah. think, you know, you just can't go wrong with uh, Johnny Cash. No. And this guy has won 20 MTV Video Music Awards, including Whoa. the Best Direction 
for Jay-Z's 99 Problems. So he's directed freaking Jay-Z. Yeah, and that's like one of Jay-Z's most popular songs in the entire universe. Yeah. So, I mean, right there. Yeah. Legendary. Yeah, he's the real freaking deal. He has won three Grammy Awards for Best Short Form Music Video more than any other director. That's That's crazy. crazy. Man. Good job, uh, Mark. So I know there's there's two versions of this video, right? There's the director's cut, and then there's a another edited version, right? I've only seen the director's cut, which is Romanek's version. Have you seen Me the too. other? No, I haven't. And I'm curious if the other version might be on the video capture device. Yeah, maybe? I was just thinking that. I'll have, I'll have to, to check go tonight. Now I'll have to go <laughs> and watch it. <laughs> I did. I did try to find it. Um, Like for the show, Uh I tried to find it on YouTube. I could not. Yeah. So, you know how hard it is like searching for some, like they only want to show you this one or somebody else's like weird video of the video. Yeah. Uh, So I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it either. If anybody knows, let us know. That would be awesome. Please Um, do. So this guy's like the real deal. Yeah. Which is crazy. Holyfield. Yeah. (laughs) there were two other things that i we forgot to mention uh when i was hanging out with juliet um brian was actually responsible for the guitar solo on this song that's awesome i did not know and um oh it was also on garage band did you ever play that game you mean rock band oh (laughs) same thing not really (laughs) clearly i've played it yeah i remember because that was the one where you had all the instruments. So you could sing, you could drum, and you could play the guitar. And I remember what I was trying do? I was trying to be like Pat and jam on the drums, and I was oh. really terrible. Because <laughs> um, I could only do, like, the kid version where you just, like, tap whatever um, and not, like... You didn't within... use the, the sticks? No. No, I used the sticks, but instead of, like, having to time it... Like anything, like you could just hit like whatever drum and it didn't matter or something. I don't know. Or it was the bass. I don't remember. I played it on the <laughs> easiest version. I, I still was terrible at it because I am not a musician, ladies and gentlemen. Neither am I. Um, I think I tried to play the drums in high school. That was like yeah. the one thing I tried to play. And um, it was okay. I mean... I, I don't think I have, I think I have rhythm, like I can dance, Yeah, I cannot, I don't have coordination, so no. I can't play. Like and having so to move everything bad. all at once is not my forte. Well, and the drummer is like the most important because they have to keep everybody else yeah. like going. And so that's a lot of pressure. I yeah, I would crumble realizes. under the pressure. Yeah. It's so, yeah, no, I, I tried to play this and failed. So, womp, womp. Womp, well, womp. it's not on here, but I guess that the uh, the guitar solo is different on Rock Band than the actual song. Yeah, I, I um, remember that because I was playing with my friends who didn't really know Weezer. I mean, they knew of Weezer because of me, but they didn't know the song. And I was like, that's not correct. <laughs> not at all. Excuse me. This is not right. <laughs> Yeah. And I am thrown off and I do not like it. Yeah. Maybe that's why I was so terrible at the drums. I'll blame that because the solo was incorrect. I accept that. 
reason ing. <laughs> <laughs> well, so tell me uh, your thoughts on El Scorcho. I, I I remember every time I hear this song on the radio, I just I love it so much. It's such a fun song. Um, and I'm a huge wrestling fan. And I remember when I first heard it, when I was like a kid or whatever, um, the, the thing that stuck out to me most was the, the lyrics, watching grunge leg drop new Jack through a press table. I was like, Oh my God, they're watching wrestling. Even though I don't know who grunge or new Jack is. And honestly, I didn't know what the lyrics were like the, the names of the people until this episode. Um, Cause I thought it was um, watching. I thought I knew it was watching grunge leg drop, but I thought it was like nunchuck or something weird like that. I, I think table. I always skipped it. Yeah. Me too. I no idea. But I, I love this song. I think the lyrics are, they're fun. And the song is so catchy. And so just like, you can't help, but like, get up and kind of dance around, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, especially like with the breakdown comes, because you don't really expect that kind of breakdown for this kind of song. But when it comes, you're just like, oh my God. And you kind of go just a little bit extra crazy that when you hear that. Um, yeah. When like, he's like, when he kind of goes a little bit softer, they mm-hmm. start to come down and he's like, uh, for all to know you want me to. Or maybe you just don't know what to do. do. And maybe it's something to say. I'm falling for you. you. And then it's like, ooh. ooh, ooh." Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like the weird, I don't know if they're, if it's them. It must be them, like going like, making like fun little ooh, ooh, noises. Yeah. Um, Do, 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 do. See, and I always thought that was, um. I always thought that was Matt for some reason. Did you know that was Brian? I did not know that was Brian. Isn't that funny? That is crazy. Did you know he was saying rock and roll in the beginning? No. <laughs> when they do the gargling and he's like, El Scorcho. He says, rock and roll. I never <sighs> knew that. I Now I'm going to have to re-listen to the song again. Do you know, did you think any way about it whatsoever? Like, did you always just think it was like just making noises? Yeah, I thought I was just making noises. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> what do you think about the song? I think it's fun. I think it's interesting, heartfelt, and honest. I think it takes you through all of like those uh, and like an emotional roller coaster with like feeling frustrated and also trying to get something out and explain maybe. I don't know, feelings that he has about being shy Mm -hmm. that we all have. So I think it's like a super relatable song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this entire album is relatable just Mm -hmm. because like we've all we've all felt those deep felt emotions. And if you think about like this song on the album, this is like one of the more upbeat songs on the album. Which yeah, I, the album I, takes you on a roller coaster too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I I I love this song. This is probably one of my favorite Weezer songs. Just because it's so fun and so I don't know. It makes you just feel good. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and uh, I was talking about with Juliet when you're at a concert and they play this song and everyone is singing, I'm a lot like you. Yeah. It just like, you just feel good, you know? Yeah. Because, uh-huh. I mean, I think we all feel that way. Like, we're all like the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially like when you're at a Weezer show and that part comes on, like you're saying, like you really, f- I, I, I feel like I belong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know everybody wants to feel that way. So, or they're singing it to you. Yeah. And you're like, me too, Rivers. And I feel everybody. you. <laughs> <laughs> you get me. You just get me. Yeah. And I think this song holds up too today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like, when did this song come out? 96. 96? Mm-hmm. Holy cannoli. Mm-hmm. This song is old. It's like 12 years old. <laughs> right? Uh, 20. 22 years old? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, I feel old now. Me too. Thanks, well, you Amy. were there. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I feel super old, dude. Like, <laughs> I can't. I can't even. And I still, like, oh, uh, speaking of that, let's look at the billboard really quick. Oh, yeah. I oh, forgot. my gosh. So this came out in uh, 96, and Rachel found an an old billboard, like, not a billboard on the street, but like the billboard charts um, from that time. Yeah, they have like archives of Billboard magazine, which is like a m- music magazine, I guess, mm-hmm. that we would always like pick up in the record stores back in the day. Yeah. That's how we got our music news. Um, <laughs> Not the internet, kids. And we were checking out the Modern Rock Tracks Top 40, and it's amazing and beautiful, and I love it so much. Um, so what's your like what are a couple of favorites of yours oh on my here? gosh i didn't realize so at this time um el scorcho had been on the charts for two weeks and they were number 31 up from number 39 on their debut and so they're at 31 the number one song at this time it had been on the weeks for it had been on the charts for 13 weeks, was down by 311. I had no idea that song was that old. Yeah. Like, I love that song. And I don't know. Um, so I love, I love 311 and I love that song. Me too. Um, I think everybody loves that song. Yeah. Also, one of my favorite bands of all time is Garbage and Stupid Girl is on there at number 13. Oh, man. What? I used to listen to that song over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, and what's hilarious is they're about to go on tour for their anniversary of version 2.0. Yes, I want to go. I do too. To LA. I didn't, they well, I didn't see one. No, the oh, closest wow. one is um, down south somewhere, or maybe it's up north, but not LA, which is so oh, weird wow. to me. Well, they're but coming to Dallas, so maybe I should come and see it with you. Maybe it'll be great. Hmm. They're they're amazing. I love them so much. They I, I also still hold up. I think if you go back and listen to them now, oh yeah, oh totally. yeah. If you haven't, check them out. Yep, they're <laughs> amazing. Shirley Manson, I love you. I would have your babies. <laughs> anyway, um, what about you? What has uh, what stuck out to you? All of these songs just take me back uh, a little too much, but um, Novocaine for the soul. <laughs> uh, by the Eels is number four. Um, Better than Ezra 
Pearl Jam. Do you remember Johnny? Angry Johnny? No, nope, I have no idea. That's who that uh, is. number seven, <laughs> which is crazy. Also, I don't know who the eels are. Never, I don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> you, you've never heard Novocaine for the Soul? I don't think so. Oh, you got to check it out. I liked it. I will. It was very popular, as you can see. I know who Social Distortion is, who was well, number good. nine. I was wrong. How does that one go? I feel like their songs all go the same way. I I don't I don't know. <laughs> I just know Social Distortion. Um, I don't know that song. And you know Sublime, right? Oh, absolutely. What, what I, got, I got number eight. Awesome. Remember that. Um, Pepper by the Butthole Surfers. That was like a one hit. Let's see. Uh, Cheryl Crow's on here. If it makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Also the jam. <laughs> yeah. Cheryl Crow is another good one. Amazing. Yeah. We're uh, related. Flowers. Just kidding. We're just I'm lying. Not related. Oh, I see. I got I'm <laughs> with you. I like to think you are though. <laughs> we can that. lie. Yeah. We can lie and say, eh, we're related. Yeah. You and Cheryl go way yep. back. Aunt way Cheryl, back. you call her? Yeah, Aunt Cher. <laughs> <laughs> the Wallflowers, Garbage. Uh, Let's see what else. Beck is on here twice. What? Where yeah, it's at? Beck, yeah, where it's at. And then Devil's Haircut made its debut oh, that week. I love Devil's Haircut. Got a devil's Haircut. Which and Aunt Alanis Morissette. This old, too. I know. What song by Alanis is on here? Um, Head Over Feet. I don't know how that one goes. Head over feet, you already won me over. Oh, okay. In spite of me, don't be alarmed if I fall. Head over feet. There it is. Yep. <laughs> um, Dishwalla, counting Dish- blue cars. Yeah, yeah. Allison Chains, over now. I like it. It's awesome. Uh, Spiderwebs by No Doubt. Mm-hmm. Still hanging in there. Where's Lots of one? oh, and Dave Matthews, random. I don't like Dave Matthews, but I'll I'll mention him because it's he was random. Like, really popular back then. Yeah, kind of went away too. And we've got Smashing Pumpkins on here twice. Oh, tonight, tonight. Oh wow! Tonight. And Muzzle, which I don't yeah. know that that I don't know that should. But. What really bothers me, well, and number two, Aneurysm by Nirvana is right in front of El Scorcho at number 30. Wow. Um, but Mother Effing Scooby Snacks by the Fun Loving Criminals is ahead of El Scorcho. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> where am I? What world is this where this is happening? I d- cool. Who could know? I, the 90s <laughs> were a weird time. A weird and awesome time, as you can see by that list. Yeah, it's all over the place. I'll have to post this on the on the site. This is like super fun to look at. Um, yeah, this is just a Billboard magazine, September twenty sixth, nineteen ninety six. So Woo! there you go. Awesome. So yeah, are you ready to rate this guy? Yeah, let's rate it. Let's rate him. It. I don't know why I said him. You want me to go, or do you want to go? You can go first. Okay. I give El Scorcho a Laser Eyes Rivers, a Lightning Strap, Scott in a Vest, and Pat Jammin on the drums, and a Blazer Brian. 
for a total of 12. What do you give it? I, funny, funny that you rated it that way. <laughs> I gave it El Scorcho, a Laser Eyes Rivers, a Lightning Strap, a Scott in a Vest, a Pat Jammin on the Drums, and a Blazer Brian also for 12 points. Oh, and I believe that Juliet gave it the same thing, which means that We Are Weezer gives El Scorcho a 12, which is a really good score. Is that the highest score we've given something? Maybe. I want to say that we've given out an 11 recently. And... Was Say It Ain't So higher? I feel like Say It Ain't So was like an 11 or 12. I'll have to check. Huh. Huh. But that would be interesting. All right. Well, um, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I think I think uh, El Scorcho is the bomb.com, as they say. Me too. And if you haven't heard it, then I don't know who you are and you shouldn't be listening to this right now. Get out, <laughs> turn us off and put El Scorcho on and do a little dance and then come back to us. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Well. Let's wrap it up. We're going to um, hear, or you are going to hear, a, a fun little interview I did with Braxton from uh, the Weezer cover band El Scorcho, appropriate for this song. And they are in Georgia? Yes. Yes. Is that close to you, Amy? No, it is not. It is uh, on the East Coast. I'm already um, laughing because I already know the answer is no. <laughs> I, to ask you I mean, I feel like Texas is so big. Texas is big and it is closer to me than it is to you. So it is kind of close to me in reference to you. It's in the middle. Kind of. You're a, in the middle. I'm in the middle. Of a El Scorcho, El Scorcho sandwich. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm kind of okay with being in the middle of that sandwich. Well, good. Um, <laughs> so we'll be back, guys, to uh, wrap it up, all of us together. Sorry things didn't work out for us to record live. Maybe next time. Let's see how this goes. Hey, and uh, thanks for having me on. Okay, first question. Why did you guys choose the name El Scorcho for the band? So the name El Scorcho was chosen by our first drummer. We were tossing around band name ideas, and of course song titles are always good choices to use. And, you know, El Scorcho is just so fun to say, and the song itself is such a, just a fun song. And uh, it just seemed to fit. Cool. So who else is in the band? Who's your Brian and who's your Pat? So Brian is played by guitarist Jeff Langston. And Pat is played by drummer Joel Tysinger. I've known both of these guys for 20 plus years and just so happy to have them play in the band. They're both excellent musicians, very talented people, and all around great guys. We just have a lot of fun. And tell us about your bassist. 
Who does he connect with? Is he a Scott, a Mikey, or a Matt? And why? Our basis is uh, Michael Smitherman. We call him Dr. Mike. And, you know, he is a good combination of all three, considering that we play songs from all of Weezer's catalog. He does a great job with Matt, Mikey, and Scott. But recently he's told me that he has rediscovered the album Maladroit and uh, might be his favorite album. So I think that he would probably connect more with Scott right now. Although Mike does say he loves Matt's playing on Pinkerton. Just classic. How much fun is it to be Rivers? <laughs> you know, um, I don't consider myself as uh, interesting or even as talented as Rivers. You know, I think it's no secret that uh, he's, he's very disciplined when it comes to uh, his songwriting. He's a very talented guitar player. But, you know, I just happen to have uh, the look... It's definitely fun to be up there and, and play their music and, you know, just kind of take on that role for, um, for the people who are there to enjoy Weezer's music. It's been a lot of fun. What song do you love to perform? And in contrast, is there one that you dislike performing? So I don't want to speak for the rest of the band because I'm sure they have their own songs that they love to play. So I think I would have to say that Falling For You off of Pinkerton is probably my favorite song to play. It's just such an odd, odd song to play. It doesn't sound odd when you're listening to it, but when you learn it and play it, you know, there are so many weird changes in it. When you analyze it as a musician, it seems more complex, but I think that's the, I think that's the magic that's in that song is that it still sounds like a pop song, but when you play it, it feels more complex than that. And when we do the Pinkerton album back to back and we get to that part of the album, you know, it kind of builds up to that song. It, it, it's a cool peak of the show for me. And conversely, um, <laughs> there's not one that I really dislike playing. Um, I think that's, um, that might be a little strong of a word, but the world has turned and left me here off of the blue album. It's just not as strong of a song, I would say when it's taken out of context of the Blue Album. Um, so we normally just play that song in the context of the Blue Album from start to finish, and then it feels, you know, it feels like it fits in place. But when you're just playing it outside of the Blue Album, for me, it w I wouldn't consider it one of the, uh, one of the strongest songs. But that's a, that's a, that's a very, that's a very challenging question. Um, I haven't thought about one that I dislike playing. <laughs> So I'm not sure if you've ever listened to an episode where we do Weezer confessional, but basically you tell me a nerdy Weezer secret that only your Weezer loving friends or bandmates would understand or think is funny. And we won't judge you, I promise. So kind of an inside joke that we have with the band is, you know, if there's a mistake or a question about a certain something or a part of the song, I'll usually say, uh, everyone's got an excuse, and that's because I performed on stage uh, with Weezer on the bassoon, and Rivers asked me to play a part of Peter and the Wolf, and I started explaining, well, I haven't had a whole lot of time, to, and he stopped me <laughs> on stage in front of 60,000 people and said, uh-huh, everyone's got an excuse. <laughs> Rightfully so. All right, well, tell the peeps about your upcoming show in case it's not too late for them to go. And where can they find you on the internet? 
We're performing at the Vista Room in Atlanta, Georgia on Friday, May 11th with our friends in Siamese Dream, the Smashing Pumpkins tribute band. We're going to be performing the Blue Album from start to finish for its 24th anniversary. And Siamese Dream will be performing Siamese Dream in its entirety from start to finish. And uh, both bands have um, some fantastic surprises lined up for that show as well. It's going to be a great time. Thanks, Braxton. Have fun at the show. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, thank you, Juliet. Yes. And, you know, I was thinking since I did the intro, I'm going to let you and Amy do the outro. Oh, okay. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Have a good night, and we will see you later. And thank you so much. And uh, adios. Adios. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Rach, why don't you tell us what's going to come up next? Uh, next is episode 25, and we'll be doing Don't Let Go from the Green Album. Don't let it go. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Don't let it go. I love that song. Me too. It's, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say, but it's catchy. And yep. it's Green Album Me. Yeah, I know. My favorite album. I know. That's why I was thinking it would be good for you to be in on that guy. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Because you probably have a lot to uh, remember about it. Oh, I do. I was going to tell the kids um, if they want to send us song suggestions because I kind of just been uh, going off the seat of my pants and trying to think of what would be good next. So if anybody has any good uh, song suggestions for us, like your favorite song or something you think would be interesting. It can be a B-side. Um, email us and let us know and we'll we'll do it. Why not? Yeah. Let us know what you want to hear, guys. Let's make the people happy. Yep. Yeah. We the people. Um, and let's do some shout outs. Yeah. What do you yeah. say? Woo, woo. Let's do it. All right. So shout out <laughs> to Baller Sauce. They reviewed us on itunes correct yes yeah and they said that we are the best of all time so shout out to you baller sauce you're the best of all time (laughs) and um smith cry uh we got your review too and um thank you so much it was really really nice and it means a lot to us and if you haven't already we hope that you do join the fan club momo 214 thank you so much we're glad you're getting more into weezer because weezer again is the bomb.com <laughs> and last we have wiener mac thank you for your nice review also shout out to canada the uk indonesia and india those are all of our uh besides the united states our top listeners or that's we have crazy. a lot of listeners there. So that's really cool. And I was thinking like next time we could learn how to say thank you in other languages. Because um, we always say adios. But uh, now that we have people, I guess Canada can be like, bye, eh? <laughs> or, or uh, yeah. I wonder if they get tired of people making fun of them with the A thing. 
I mean... Do you get tired of people making fun of you with y'all? I mean, I'm used to it. Yeah. I just usually say... Well, I don't really say y'all a whole lot. What about howdy? I I don't. That's not in my vernacular. (laughs) (laughs) You don't just say howdy when you walk into the store? No, I say howdy, (laughs) y'all. Want to go cow tipping? No, I don't say things like that. I know. I know. (laughs) It's so horrible. Uh, Let's just be very... Uh, uh, What's that called? Stereotypical. Um, stereotypical, and let's offend everyone on this episode. Hey, nobody Just like is this safe. Song. That's right. Yep. <laughs> um, well, if you guys want to get a shout out, you can also leave us a nice review. Um, we appreciate it, and we will give everyone who gives us a review a shout out on every episode. And thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We hope that you. Uh, continue uh, Amy break us down yeah. on the social med yeah yeah so please check us out on our social media we are Weezer on Twitter Facebook and Instagram you can check us out on the world wide web which is this crazy place <laughs> we are Weezer.com and if you're an old school person and like to email you can email us at we are Weezer forever at gmail.com do it please send us something because we like to hear things from you guys yeah vote for our mini episodes on the website uh, we've gotten a couple more come in over the past couple weeks and Send us your Michael and Carly audio so we can finish our project one of these days. And hashtag you've been fan clubbed. Uh, send me a picture and I'll draw a horrible picture of you and put yeah. it up on the website. It's the best. Uh, you've done it. I've done it and I thought it was the best. I look <laughs> awesome. I think I look better in that picture than I do in real life. <laughs> You're going to use that for your license photo. And the Holy DMV is totally going to be fine with it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Next time I get my Weezer fan club card, I'm going to so send that picture in. There you go. That's going to be my new fan club picture. Like tape it over your your ID picture and then like you'll get pulled over and they'll be like, this doesn't look like you at all. <laughs> I'm so going to do that. You are so much more <laughs> colorful than this photo. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, alright let's wrap it up um, thanks again for listening guys and we'll see you later bye adios Yeah.